Now more than ever, people are focused on getting and staying healthy. Much more than primary care, PartnerMD provides affordable, individualized concierge care to help you make the most of your health without all the hassles of traditional health care. With highly trained physicians, medically advanced testing, and virtually no waiting, PartnerMD is better health care for an even better you. Visit PartnerMD.com to learn more. Hey, sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money, that's my jam. What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match my shirt. Is that my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. Let's get it. All right, you know what it is. Joshua City, 86 Boxing, Episode 9. You are tuned in to the 86 Boxing Podcast. Coming to you live. I gotta love it. You gotta love it. Let's do this thing. I'm gonna jump straight into it. So I'm a little bit behind. This is about a week behind if you're just tuning in. But I want to give you something, a little bit of flavor. Something to, something to take you on. Keep your time occupied as you're listening in. The Boxing World Never Stops, of course. We're going to go back to Friday, June 21st. It was a Golden Boy Miguel Cotto Promotions collaboration in Indio, California. I believe it was on The Zone. Andrew Concial, he took on Alberto Machado. And this was in defense of his WBA World Super Featherweight title. It was a rematch of the February title match where Concial actually won the title with a fourth round stoppage over Alberto Machado. He was working the body in that fight and eventually Machado gave in. It was somewhat of an upset because Concial was coming out of retirement and there weren't many that expected him to win. There were some, his team for the most part, but I think that overwhelmingly the majority did not expect him to take out Machado who is a big super featherweight and he looked like he would be dominant for a pretty good period. But in this fight here on the 21st, it was essentially a replay of what happened in the first fight. And this time it ended earlier because Concial was able to pick up a third round TKO this time out. And would you guess what it was? Another body shot that did him in. So that has been the key to stopping Machado because Machado has looked like a force as he's been coming up in the ranks. And as I mentioned, he was a big super featherweight. But I guess cutting that weight was starting to take a toll and it was a struggle for him. But that's taking nothing away from Concial. But Concial came in determined, showed heart, and he said he was going to get the job done again this time around and proved that this fight wasn't a fluke and you better be damned assured he did the thing again he came in there it was pretty clear that Machado was looking to sort of keep the distance in some regards because he knew that he was acceptable to being hurt to the body but Concial he stayed determined he stayed pushing forward and he started teeing off on the body definitely early on and by the second round you could tell that he was starting to hone in And once we got to the third, it actually ended up being sort of like a replay of what happened in that first fight. It was a body shot that took uh, 
Machado out once again, and Machado, you could just tell he could not take it, and he was pretty much done. He was able to answer the count, but right at 10 for the most part. You could see by the look on his face that he cannot continue at one uh, 130 because it is definitely taking a toll on him, and Conceal just provided the formula to defeating Machado. So it'll be interesting to see where both fighters go from here. Of course, Kansi out there, other belt holders out there. And so I'm sure he will try and get his chance, his shot at unifying if that opportunity arises. You got the likes of Miguel Burchell, Gavante Tank Davis, who's going to be fighting here in July. Uh, Tevin Farmer, Tevin Farmer, that would be a good fight for Kansi An interesting clash of styles. I like each of them in that fight over Concial, but you know, this story, this this Concial train, it's a bandwagon, I guess you could say at this point, it, it might continue to move forward. Then you have the likes of, say, uh, Joseph Diaz, uh, Mickey Roman, a lot of interesting things. Uh, Mickey Roman versus uh, Andrew Concial, that would be a heck of a fight. I just imagined it would be pretty darn action-packed. So we'll see where they move forward from here. As for Albert Machado, I think he's going to have to move up to 135. Now, at lightweight, there are some challenges out there, and he could make for some interesting matchups. I would like to see how he looks there. I would like to see him at that weight and see how he takes punches to the body at that weight from probably some bigger punches, punchers, pardon and then from there, we can make a determination whether he will be a mainstay at 135 or if he can even move up again to 140. I think he has the frame for 135 and 140. So it'll be interesting as we move forward the months ahead. And hopefully Machado can get himself together and get back out there and get the things popping. In the meantime, Andrew Concial, you are the champion. You defended your title. There's no flute now, no shame in your game. You are the man. So best of luck to you moving ahead, and I'll be tuning in for sure. 86 Boxing, baby. Hashtag 86 Boxing. All right. Also, that same weekend on Saturday, June 22nd, uh, Andres Gutierrez, Sergio Garcia, they both picked up wins. I believe that was on The Zone. I didn't check that out. I'm going to try and catch that. Um, it's a lot of boxing on at all times, as you know, these days. I love it. I love it. I try to tune into it as much as I can. And sometimes you just can't catch everything in one setting. Uh, Sunday, June 23rd, PBC on Fox, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. It was none other than Jamel Charlo, the 154-pound fighter, brother of Jamal Charlo, the 160-pound champion. Now we'll get to that in another episode. Uh, he took on Jorge Cota, and it ended up being basically a blitzing. Um, it was supposed to be Tony Harrison in this fight. As you know, Jamel Charlo lost his title, his uh, W, I want to say DC, super welterweight title back in, I want to say February to Tony Harrison. It was somewhat controversial for some, but overall it was a close fight. Um, anyway, Tony Harrison pulled out a few weeks out because he had an ankle injury. So Dakota was pretty much a last-minute uh, entry into the fight. Now, if you don't know Dakota, you may know him from taking on Erickson Lubin about two years ago. Erickson Lubin was able to knock out Dakota 
And at that particular time, I believe that was the fight that actually elevated Lupin into a title shot with Jamiro Charlo at the time. And we all know what happened there. Lupin was knocked out in the first round in what was a highly anticipated fight that we didn't get to really see much of. That being said, in that fight, Kota was hurt. He had a knee brace on back then, and it looked as though uh, Kota was fully healthy this time around. But it didn't matter at all. It was clear that Charlo was going to dominate this fight, and I'm sure he had at the back of the head, back of his head, the fact that Lubin had knocked out Kota and he wanted to do so in more devastating fashion, which is ultimately what he did. Now he knocked him down in the third round with a shot that was pretty much that pretty much hurt Kota, and Kota was done at that point, if you ask me, and probably many others who were watching. But for some reason, referee Jay Nady. Let the fight continue. He actually took Coda's hand or glove off of the ropes. Coda was essentially holding himself up with uh, his left hand on the ropes. Jay Nady took his hand off, wiped it off, and sent him in. And he immediately got hit with a hard right straight that sent him down, sprawled on the canvas, not knowing where he was at. He was basically out with his eyes open. So I don't know what's up with uh, Jay Nady. He's been a lot more involved in fights as of lately in terms of interjecting himself and I just say let's keep some new blood out there in Vegas there's no disrespect but um come on Jay Nady you gotta know better than that Coda was not good at all but anyway it was a good win for Charlo for what it's worth of course we would have liked it to have been Harrison or potentially someone else so we'll see the the intent is for Charlo to take on Harrison at some point later this year once Harrison is back fully healthy. Then you have the likes of Julian J. Rock Williams there with the belt at 154. Then you have, uh, he's going to be taking on likely a rematch with uh, Jared Hurd. So there's going to be some interesting things there. We'll see how this all plays out, but it could make for some form of uh, unification here at the end of the year with two champions. That could be Charlo Harrison, could be Hurd, could be J-Rock. Who knows? All I know is 154 is a driving division at this point, and hopefully it continues to be such. I'll be tuning in, of course, and you should as well. Now I'm going to move on to the other fight on that card of relevance. That was Guillermo Rigondeau, also known as Rigo. He was taking on Julio, excuse me, Seja. Now, this was a super bantamweight matchup. See how this was his first fight in over a year. Ultimately, it was a round eight TKO in favor of Rigo. Now, this was actually a very good fight. It was actually the fight of the night if you poll those who were watching any fight on that night. Now, I didn't see the fights from that Saturday, as mentioned, but I'm pretty sure this might ultimately have gone down as the fight of the weekend. Definitely the fight of the night. Uh, across all of the promotions, it might have been the best fight that night. Now, this was a different type of uh, Rigan Dial. He was actually standing his ground. He was in the middle of the ring with his feet planted. He was uh, actually putting leverage on his shots. He wasn't defensive at all. Seha, he was a come-forward type of fighter, come-forward brawler type, but he could punch, you know, and he had some some form of movement, uh, but for the most part, he was there to be hit. He was easy to hit, and he had some success, Seha did, with right uppercuts, and I think he landed a good number of those on Rigo, and you could actually see Rigo's head snap, and Seha hurt uh, Rigo a few times. 
but Rico, he stayed determined. He stayed in there even at this age. I believe he's uh, 38 now, 37, 38-ish. And Rigo stayed in there. He stayed in the pocket. He never backed down. And he ended up landing good shots of his own, definitely working that right hand. As you know, Rigo has had power. He's always had power, probably by virtue of the fact that he's such a sharp and clean puncher. And he was landing clean shots on Seha. Now, Seha wasn't backing down either. And it looked like, hey, we were in for a hell of a fight that probably would have gone on 12. But ultimately, Rigo was able to land the right hand to drop Seha, and the referee essentially had seen enough at that point in the eighth round, and he stopped the fight. So it was a good win for Rigo. It was a good display for Rigo. One of the knocks has been that he hasn't been a very entertaining fighter to watch. He hasn't been very action-packed. We've seldomly seen him in fights uh, that were super competitive, at least from an offensive standpoint. But this time around, Rigo, he was out there, he was standing his ground, as I mentioned, had his feet planted, and he was out there winging shots. He was getting the man sharp. He was still maintaining, you know, his his posture, his, his pedigree, his sort of Olympic background, because he is a very skilled fighter, one of the most skilled in the sport. But he was willing to let it hang out in this fight, and that makes for an interesting Rigo moving forward. So I'll be interested to see who he's matched up with next. Uh... And that should be sometime here this year. I would presume this did wonders for him as far as fan interest. And I think it was a lot of buzz on social media in this regard because we didn't know what version of Rigo would show up. And this is him rebounding from the Lomachenko fight in a major way. He's rattled off a couple of wins. And he's going to be right back in the picture there at Super Bantamweight. Or we'll see where else. See if he decides to uh, move up or down and take another big fight if an opportunity presents itself. But we'll be tuning in. But for the most part, that's all I really had. 86 boxing. Of course, there's other stuff that went down. Be sure to check out 86boxing.com. Always put updates on there. Check out our social media at 86boxing on all the platforms, as mentioned, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I got love for you. Stay tuned in. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.